All right. It is October 6th. We are here in the studio again. We're waiting on the Blitz to interface, as we always do on these Wednesdays. Uh, so stand by for that. In the studio, we have Norm Murdoch back from the hospital with a bunch of hospital apparatus. <laughs> Uh, Brett uh, is here with Circle 270 Media, uh, and uh, we're going to do the show always, as always, must go on, and it is going on uh, as we wait on the Blitz here. Uh, we've been kicking around. We should have recorded the last hour of this conversation because you know we've solved all the world's problems with respect to freedom of speech, social media, and uh, the FCC regulatory scheme. So uh, that was not alcohol. Norm was opening, by the way. It was a... <laughs> plastic bottle of some sort uh but anyway we are uh we're waiting on the blitz and uh we're going to answer the legal questions as always here on lawyer talk uh and then we'll give a quick discussion about it but i think we do need to hit some of this stuff i mean it really is it feels like uh now i'm in the crew you know it's like they're gonna start regulating they being big brothers gonna start regulating Mm -hmm. uh, uh content of social media it's like podcasts are getting real close to that it can. It's a slippery slope. I mean, I, I never really believe the slippery slope to a certain degree, but it there is. It 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 it's a breaking away, breaking away little yeah. by little, and you don't notice that day one, and you notice that day three sixty five is like, whoa, where did that go? It's a it's a concept called incrementalism. Right. You, there you go. You incrementally give away your rights piece by piece, bite by bite. Often, you're told that it is for your own good, and when you look back, they're gone. Mm-hmm. It's done. And then it takes like another. 500 years in a revolution to get it back. A revolution to get it back, yeah. right. Yeah. Right. The the argument is always, we're going to give you some security if you'll just give up your right or your privilege to do such and such, then we can make your life more secure in some way. And uh, incrementally, we have given away a ton of our rights. And as media makes things appear to be more extreme or scary, um, such as in the aftermath of 9-11, things like the Patriot Act happen. And, you know, you have the FISA court being able to decide, let's say we're going to, we're going to tap uh, Steve Palmer's home phone because somebody from uh, a foreign country called Steve one time. And now we need to know everything about Steve Palmer. And uh, there's no advocate there for Steve Palmer at a FISA court. And that's just one example, but there's, there's dozens and hundreds and thousands of those kinds of examples now that um, the forefathers, our founding fathers, certainly never could imagine what it would be, would be the case with uh, the limited government that they had in mind. It's it's out of control, right? Yeah, and you just gave me the idea for. I've, 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 this is one of my favorite quotes. It's an old C.S. Lewis quote that says, "Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under the omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber barons' cruelty may sometimes sleep. Hold on, something got in my way. It may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at some point be satisfied, but those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own." conscious absolutely <laughs> the guy was a freaking genius, yeah. genius yeah. yeah i mean just was blessed with insight to describe what he saw in ways that uh everybody could understand and and that quote part of a quote existed at that point in time so therefore this is nothing new no oh no that was from his uh Th- I, this has been going on for generations we just need to wake up to it ourselves 
this generation that it exists now and as I, well. Ironically, he was fighting against the ideology ideology of fascism, ideologies of fascism and communism. Uh, he gave this series of talks during the Blitz, the 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 raid on on London, and he came in and and what later became the book called Mere Christianity is just chock full of this kind of stuff. Um, and I don't know if this was part of that, but uh, like he was he was in that era where he was dealing with that ideology and, and really gave a lot of thought to the danger of it and where it could lead. And you know, the more and, and it wouldn't surprise me if he was thinking, all right, so now we're engaged in this war against fascism, so they're going to take all our freedoms away so we can be safe from the from the war. I mean, you could look at it that way too. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we don't. And he understood that there, even though there may be a necessity for it, if you go along with this, then what's the end game? Where is it? And we talked about this before we went on the air. It's like, when, <laughs> how do you get it back? You know, where, where sure. does it stop? Right. Well, wasn't it Ben Franklin believe, I'm paraphrasing, those who would trade freedom for security deserve neither? Yeah. And they end up with neither, right? Yeah, that's right. exactly right. And um, so you're right. It's not new. It no. just is, uh, it's a theme that probably emerges every time no. uh, people forget. I've always yeah. I've always wondered about third party or uh, third world countries, you know, tin horde dictator types, uh, Saddam Hussein, you know, uh, Pinochet, um, uh, Castro, etc. And why do people want a strong man? You know, what is it? What is it about the human psyche? It's say in Russia, where they celebrate Stalin to this day, even knowing all the crimes that he committed against, you know, the, the pogroms and the, the death camps and uh, the gulag that Solzhenitsyn documented and all of that, there's still this aura of Stalin, which Putin has taken advantage of, you know, as the strong man. And the idea, I suppose, CS is talking about the robber baron that, there is some appeal to people when things get so chaotic, and perhaps this is what Soros and, and the gang have in mind in the United States, when things disintegrate and become so chaotic and so out of control that people will rally around essentially a dictator Yeah, there's to some... solve things. We saw that with Keep us safe. old mm-hmm. Schickel Gruber, yeah. you know, after... Uh, things after hyperinflation in the in the Weimar Republic and people are casting about you know should we be communists should we be national socialists what should we do we've got to do something here to salvage uh, jobs and 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 to, and and to feed people and you know the currency the Reichsmarks were worth nothing and uh you know, the, the, here, here, here come the Nazis you know is this what they have in mind for us and the irony is always this it's almost always inevitably the people who created the problem are the ones offering the solution. If you just give them more power. Yes. Um, we, and it's, we're seeing it right now with COVID and everything else, like the people who created the problem. Now you can, you can argue about whether uh, you can argue about whatever you want, whether it's a big problem, or it's a small problem, but it's coming out that the people who created the problem is the government. So here we are. We got the blitz. All right, Steve Palmer on the phone with us right now, my lawyer. He could be yours. Steve, how are you, sir? Hey, doing great. How are you doing today? 
Hey, doing pretty good, man. We have uh, already, man, people lining up to talk to you. 821-9970-800-821-9970. That is the telephone number. We have uh, just a few open lines. So if you want to get in right now is the time. Also, uh, we have text flying in. We give away the Dracula tickets. So uh, we're good on that. And we take nothing but legal text now. So we'll go to the hot text machine right now for uh, one ourselves here, Kelly. Yes. Uh, somebody texted in, my brother passed away in 2019. And then a girl contacted me and said that he is the father of her baby. And she said that when they discussed being involved in the child's life, uh, she completely disappeared on them. So this person wants to know if they have any way to prove if this child is actually uh, their nephew. Uh, can you mandate a paternity test in this case? Well, I mean, you'd have to start by identifying who this girl is. I don't know if they have that information. You'd have to at least get a name, contact, et cetera. And then, you know, I, I don't know. There are There is a such thing as grandparent rights to uh, parenting time in Ohio, meaning uh, if you're a grandparent and your uh, grandchild uh, is, you don't have any visitation, you can get very limited grandparent rights. Uh, whether that extends out to aunts and uncles, et cetera, I am not sure. But because there are grandparents' rights, I am, I hate to use the word assuming, but I am guessing, I'll just call it a guess. I am guessing that you can uh, mandate a paternity test to establish grandparent rights, even in the, uh, if, if the mother or father or parent is uh, no longer with us. Uh, that would be a question for a good qualified domestic relations lawyer, though. And I'd be happy to hook somebody, hook you guys up with somebody if you need that. 614-224-6142. All right, easy enough. All right. This one's coming in from Nathan. He said, I was two minutes from the office. I realized I had left something. So I turned into a warehouse driveway to find a way to turn around and head back. As soon as I turned, there was a police officer sitting in his vehicle on the right side of the drive. I drove past him, stopped at the stop sign. As soon as I took off, he pulled me over and gave me a ticket for driving through the warehouse driveway. On my ticket, it says cut across property to make a U-turn from one highway to another. I was just going back to my office. Yeah, you know this is interesting. This comes up sometimes. So if anybody's ever been at a busy corner with a with a uh, like the long, everybody calls every light they have to stop at regularly the longest light in the city. But if you ever sat at one of those lights and you're looking at that gas station next to you, thinking, "Man, I could just bypass this. I could just cut right through there. Maybe I'll even stop, grab a quick coke, and act like I was stopping for something, or check the gas prices and then barrel through." That's what that statute or traffic violation is intended to deal with. Now, in this situation, I am not sure. I would have to look at the elements of the charge and then determine if it meets the elements of the charge. Now, what's interesting, though, is in the traffic code, almost inevitably, they are not, they're, they're what we call regulatory schemes. They don't require any culpable or uh, intent. You don't have to think that you're doing something wrong or or know you're doing something wrong or even tend to do something wrong. If you're speeding and it was an accident, in other words, it's still speeding and it's still an infraction. Uh, so I would really have to dig into it. Well, it's not going to take me long to dig into it, but I'd have to do some quick research to see exactly what the elements are and whether they could be proven in that scenario. Because, you know, you would think that why wouldn't I be allowed to stop and turn around somewhere legitimately? Um, you know, if you're, if you're doing it with the intent to commit an unlawful U-turn, uh, maybe we can bake some, uh, what, what we call in the law, mens rea or uh, the mental thing into it. Uh, and try to uh, and try to fight it. But either way, there's almost always ways to fight traffic citations like this. Just give us a shout, 614-224-6142. All right, this one is from Cassidy. She said, my friend got pulled over for a bright license plate light. Is there a law on how bright your car's light has to be? 
for a bright <laughs> license plate light. Yes. That one's new. I don't know. <laughs> that, that one's new to me. I would love, in fact, what's her name? Cassidy. Cassidy, I will represent you. Send me the ticket. I want to see this. If it's locally in Columbus, I'm not going to travel. Uh, but if it's local in Columbus, I'd love to see the ticket and uh, see if we can't help you out on it because I have never seen somebody stopped for having a license plate light that is too bright. <laughs> I have plenty for no license plate light, but too bright. Uh, but uh, I've never yeah, seen what kind that. of light do you have on there, man? It's right. so bright that, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, very odd. But uh, I, I want to see it. Right. Okay. So this one is from Rebecca, but she said her her car like uh, ticket happened in Michigan. She was in a car accident and received a civil infraction ticket. The officers on the scene were very nice and encouraged me to contest the ticket. So that's what I decided to do. I have my hearing for contesting the ticket in Michigan on the 21st. And I'm just wondering if I'll be drug tested at this hearing or not. Thank you. <laughs> uh, first of all, I can't give you any legal advice for matters in Michigan. If you were in Ohio, however, uh, you would not be drug tested if you showed up for a traffic trial. Uh, they wouldn't even ask you if they could drug test you, I doubt anyway, unless it were a, uh, some sort of offense that involved drugs. But uh, no, I, I, that's going to be after you have to direct that question to somebody more qualified in Michigan to answer it. But if you're in Ohio, I would say you have nothing to worry about. In Michigan, who knows? They do a lot of strange stuff up there. I got a buddy who practices law and they, uh, you know, who knows? All right. All right. There's a text that came in. Uh, how can I get my son's social security number if my ex-wife refuses to give it to me? This person wants to purchase life insurance on a um, son and she refuses to tell me unless I sign something agreeing to pay his funeral costs if he passes. This is that's just strange. morbid and weird. Yeah, that's absurd. Uh, you know, I don't know if the courts are involved yet. If the domestic relations court is already involved in establishing what the parenting time is, what the various rights are, and how this works uh, going forward, a judge is not going to like this. A judge is not going to like uh, one parent uh, basically holding ransom a child's secure social security number so you can help the kid with benefits uh, in exchange for what he or she wants. Uh, so is that right? I would say absolutely not. That just offends the conscious, if nothing else. So say Steve Palmer said that that's not right and, uh, <laughs> and, and use that as authority. But no, I would think that, that no judge is going to like that. And uh, if you have a lawyer start there, you can just reach out to the other side's lawyer. If not, I would get all this in writing because eventually this kind of crap backfires. You can't, you can't play this game uh, without exposing yourself sooner or later. All right, 821 Just a couple of uh, very few open lines if you guys want to squeeze in. Now, this is interesting. Um, this one comes in from Germany. I'm a German guy. I've been on vacation in the U.S. I was going through Columbus, Ohio. Okay. I got stopped by the police who accused me of speeding because I was going 12 miles too fast. Mm. I did not understand many things, but he checked my speed coming towards me and not behind me. And the speed measured was probably even incorrect because I set my cruise control for 11 miles over. Okay, so now I thought I could argue that, okay, that the exceeding the speed limit is legal as long as it's considered safe. <laughs> the road is straight, shoulders on both sides, but the judge did not want to agree on that and dismiss the case. I flew home without paying. I'm in a big, long email conversation, but it seems to be a dead end. What happens if I don't pay? Can they charge me in Germany? Can I... Enter the U.S., but just not in Columbus? Yeah. I mean, first of all, the, the question's not ridiculous. You know, as far as uh, the speeding charge, there's two, but a lot of people don't realize this. There's two ways you can get charged with speeding. One's called a per se offense, meaning you're just going faster than the marked 
speed. But there's another way to charge it, and it is if you're traveling at an unsafe speed for the conditions. Most of the time anymore in this day and age, we're getting the first variety, not the second. Sometimes you get both. Um, but uh, so there is some semblance of credibility to that argument, except if they charge you with going over the speed limit, whether it's 11 or 12, that will get you nowhere. Now, as far as not showing up in court and not paying the fine, uh, in Ohio, if you don't pay a fine for a speeding ticket, they'll and they know who you are, well, they'll just issue a, a warrant or, or some sort of show cause come in. They call it an order in, actually. Uh, so if you were pulled over again in Ohio and they identified you, in theory, they could order you in or you could just pay it then. I can't imagine that an Ohio failure to pay a speeding ticket fine would result in you getting excluded from entry into the U.S., like in New York City or something. Uh, it just probably isn't going to happen. Now, if you got pulled over in Ohio again, it may come up. Other than that, you know, it's probably a couple hundred bucks. You might as well just pay it, I say. All right, we're going to come back. Final segment with Steve Palmer. If you want that to be you, 821-9970. We'll get back with Steve. Legal advice with us, Loper and Randy, right after this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our final segment here with Steve Palmer. We have a non-compete question that came in via text. All right, uh, somebody texted, I work for a company that requires you to sign a non-compete agreement as a condition of employment. If I leave this company, can they legally stop me from working in my career field and earning a living with another company? Well, that is the purpose of a non-compete. So here's generally how non-competes are treated. They have to be reasonable in scope and geography. So they can't prevent you from working in the field, in a, in a competitive field, generally speaking, is what this is, uh, for too long. And it can't be too broad a net. So uh, if you're leaving the state or going somewhere where this, uh, where your first company has no ties or, or basis, it's probably not enforceable that way. These usually come down to what the actual terms and conditions of the agreement say. And if, uh, if they are valid and you've signed it uh, validly, then uh, they are enforceable. And, and there's litigation on this stuff all the time. And there's, uh, there's lots of lawyers who help people either uh, enforce them or get out of them or settle uh, whatever, uh, find some middle ground if possible, I guess. But yeah, I would, uh, if you leave and you're in violation of a non-compete, if you go work for a competitor, then you can expect uh, a problem. I mean, and there, there's a reason for those and there's a reason that uh, the courts enforce them. They're valid contracts, uh, again, unless they're too broad in scope and geography. So be careful. If you need some real advice, 614-224-6142, I'll get you into an employment lawyer. Now, who decides the broadness of scope? Well, it's first going to be spelled out in the agreement itself. So a lot of times agreements will say you can't work in the state of Ohio for a period of uh, 12 months. That is probably reasonable if the company has uh, does business throughout the state of Ohio and you're directly competing in sales or whatever. Uh, if it says you can't work in the entire country for the next decade and uh, <laughs> the, the company is only in Columbus, Ohio, well, that's too broad. Now, what's in the middle? The courts will have to tell you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Steve Palmer. He could be your lawyer. Oh, you know what? We do have uh, one more here. So uh, let's go to it. Damien, what's up, man? Uh, yeah, so a friend of mine, her dad died a few months ago. Um, and we, after some searching, we found a will. Uh, all his like physical property and stuff like that was left to her with the exception of the house, which gets sold and goes to her sister, all that stuff. But anyway, so the vehicles that he had, he had a couple of them that were paid off and she doesn't need them. So she was trying to sell them. Well, the attorney still has the titles and is telling her that the sale has to go through the attorney and the money goes to the estate whenever he left the vehicles to her. And she's 
she was being like super shady about the whole thing anyway. I don't like somebody uh, being super shady. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. She's dragging everything out. I mean, the court accepted the will like two months ago and she still hasn't done anything. So, Gotcha. Well, I, you know, you might want to be a squeaky wheel here and bug the lawyer a little bit. If you want to get some independent legal advice, that's a J. Michael question. He's easy to reach, 614-443-6262. I did some research on this recently for a buddy, and I, I got to be honest, I can't remember how it shook out. There's going to be a solution. And generally speaking, if, if there isn't a state open, all the property has to sort of operate through that estate. So the lawyer is probably giving you uh, the correct analysis, but I can't say that he or she is uh, doing it in a timely fashion or uh, the way it should be done uh, under ordinary standards. So uh, I would I would be a squeaky wheel and or call Jay Michael. They can help you hack through it. These are the kind of problems that nobody likes to deal with, particularly after the death of a loved one, but they're also the kind of legal problems that we have to deal with. So I wish you luck. All right, Steve Palmer, how can they get in touch with you off the air, man? It's easy, 614-224-6142. That'll get you to the law firm 24-7, or check out the podcast at uh, lawyertalkpodcast.com. All right, Steve Palmer on this show each and every Wednesday. Thanks, guys. Wow, a lot of questions today. Uh, that might be a record. I know. How about eight? That? I counted eight. Some really good ones. Yeah, yeah. good ones. Wow. You know, good session there. It's yeah, uh, all over the board, and I love it's mostly driving stuff. Yeah, out about. <laughs> yeah, people are out and about doing stuff, getting pulled over for a license plate. License. Norm, you said you had a license plate problem the same way. You, I, yeah, yeah. So the speed trap on the east side of Columbus, that little town that they 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 decommissioned the whole town. New Rome. Yeah, yeah. They they gave me a ticket once for going through that little town with a um, a little blinky, like a little sequential license plate frame um, that I got at a bachelor party. <laughs> so you know one one of those days i decided ah oh, hey look at this frame i got i got laying around the office i'll stick it on the car you know my buddy gave it to me at my bachelor party i'll, I'll go ahead and uh see what this idiotic thing looks like and i i did it and uh, it was on the car going through new rome and they uh they pulled me over said it obscured the license plate guy made me, uh, you know, pull the wires so it was non-functional and on my way. But it was an equipment uh, ticket and uh, no points, um, unlike a speeding ticket or reckless driving or some some other kind of uh, ticket that would affect my insurance. So I just paid the thing, Steve. So it was a front, the front license? No, rear license. Rear. Plate. You had yeah. it around the rear. Okay. Yeah, just a little, you know. Okay. Kind of like Halloween or Christmas lights, I, little uh, blinkies. Because I was wondering if, it, <laughs> since we don't have to have front plate, and you put something on the front, yeah, if you'd really get pulled over for that. Oh man, I got I got a great front license plate story. Do you guys want to hear this? Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> Here, this. I, I mean, this. I mean, what else no, we got to no, do? No, this. <laughs> Except this, talk about the law. Norm's yeah, like, Norm's front license plate uh, law case. It, th this is an epic story, if I say so myself. So I'm buzzing through New Albany back in the bad old days before New Albany became kind of cush-cush like it is now. The police in New Albany now are so professional, and it, they're worried about real crime. They're not, they're, not, they're not looking for people, you know, that have nickel-dime uh, issues. They're, 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 they're trying to protect those nice homes out there and, and you know— and, and keep the peace. So this isn't about the current New Albany. It's about the old New Albany. So anyway, I'm I'm flying through, uh, doing the speed limit, no problem. It's a beautiful day. I have my suit and tie coming back from the state house, day of lobbying downtown. 
and uh, on my way back home. I get pulled over because I didn't have a front license plate. I told the officer this was a, a Kentucky car uh, that I bought, and it didn't have a frame. Uh, it didn't have the uh, it didn't have the apparatus for a front license plate. But I showed him I had the front plate in the car, and I said, "Listen, you know, I'll, I'll put a couple screws in the bumper, and I'll, I'll I'll put it on next time I come through town. I can even swing by the police station, and you can see it, and you know." Yeah, most reasonable. Yeah, you know, it, 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 will that do? And he said, "No, I'm going to impound your car." Um, where, where was this? I missed it. In New Albany. Oh, in New Albany. Yeah. So, uh, actually I pulled over in the parking lot of where they used to hold mayor's court. So that right there and then they impounded the car. And, um, I said to the guy, you know, you, you're acting like I'm Jeffrey Dahmer or something. Right. So I used the Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, defense. And I, you know, like How'd that go you're you? making a mountain out of a molehill. So, so he got within a millimeter of my nose and was trying to get me to do something so he could arrest me. Right. Uh, because he, he didn't like that. I'm talking smack to him. And of course, um, I just, I told him, I said, well, you're trying, you're trying to get me to do something, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a, um, I'm not going to, uh, do anything illegal, uh, to you or, or anything, but I think that you're a terrible police officer. <laughs> and, uh, I think, I think this is a making a mountain out of a molehill. And this is exactly the kind of treatment that, um, degrades the public's, uh, respect for the police, because this is, this is nothing. This is, you know, you can pull me over for anything else other than I didn't have a front license plate. And he said, well, I'm impounding your car. You, you, you'll have to find another ride home. And, and so I called somebody. They took me home. Tow truck came, took my car. I get home, and on our answering machine is a little harassment from the New Albany police. Of course, they didn't identify themselves as such. But on my little micro cassette tape, which I then kept, uh, was this ding, ling, ling, you know, message plays. And there's this voice and this guy goes, Hey, Jeffrey Dahmer click. Okay. Really? Immediately wow. after I got home and I had, had not talked about Jeffrey Dahmer or had anything, you know, except that one moment just prior to getting home with that new Albany cop. So I eject that from the machine getting another family car the next day after making an appointment with the police chief in New Albany. And I said, I, you know, I want to have a meeting. You, one of your officers harassed me and, uh, and at home on, on, you know, and recorded a message, a, a harassing message. And so he listened to it and he, and, and he heard my story and he said, well, we'll, we'll investigate that. And I said, well, you do that. And I think in view of this, um, you should dismiss my ticket. Um, well, we'll I, I don't think we can do that, but I'll, I'll investigate the harassment. So later that week, while I'm waiting for my mayor's court uh, trial date, I'm, I'm going by the New Albany Police Department, and there's a street rod parked in their parking lot without a front license plate. So I wheeled into the New Albany police department and said, you know, there's a, a street rod out front in your own parking lot without a front license plate. Oh, well that's the police chief's oh. street rod. 
And I said, well, you know what? While I'm in here, I want to make an appointment with the prosecutor before we go to trial. Because I've, I've got, and I took pictures of the street rod, right? So um, before uh, camera phones, I had a camera. Keep in my, uh, in, in, in all of my cars, I have a camera. I used to have a camera. Now I have a cell phone. So I took pictures of that and uh, went to mayor's court. The next day, the, the prosecutor said, well, let's just, you know, since it's mayor's court, and he wasn't a standing prosecutor. He just came in to, to do mayor's court. He said, well, we'll, we'll meet before uh, your case. And uh, he came over to me, and he's kind of a hippie-looking dude. He had a ponytail, and he had a big smile and John Lennon glasses. It was beautiful. And he came over, and he said, so what's the deal? And I said, well, the deal is your own police chief is running around in a car, in New Albany without a front license plate, you didn't charge him. He didn't charge himself and none of his officers charged him that I know of. Do you have a ticket for him on tonight's docket or is it just me? Is it just non-police officers that, you know, have to obey the front license plate law going through New Albany? And he immediately saw the political implications. And I said, well, you know what I do for a living? Um, I, I run essentially the government relations uh, efforts for my clients and their public relations. And so guaranteed, buddy, guaranteed this will be on the news tomorrow. Guaranteed. And he said, well, I think we're going to dismiss your ticket. I said, yeah, I, th I think you are. And I think also you're going to release my car without uh, me having to pay any storage fees. And he said, well, I'll see what I can do. And that's exactly what they did. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so and when New Albany has this... Uh, uh, chintzy little tradition uh, th that was really fun back in the old days called Founders Day. Yeah, so, so the founders of New Albany weren't uh, Les Wexner and, and and his partners. They were like old time farmers, and it was those founders that Founders Day was about. So they had a little festival, and um, I I had a T-shirt made up, especially that said Norm Murdoch won. New Albany zero, <laughs> and, uh, and naturally the cops saw that, and I just gave him a nice wink. I, I can't imagine why that might cause him a little bit of consternation. Right, yeah. I, I don't play, man. I don't play. Well, that, no, that's a story in my life. I do not play, man. Here's here's the uh, here's a great. It's a great platform to launch off onto this too, because what you have is a situation that could have gone really, really badly for you. Um, you know, this guy is basically daring you to cross the line, knock this battery off my shoulder. Absolutely. I dare you. And you didn't take the bait. Uh, and what's interesting is that so many people today are taking the bait and I don't care what race, color, gender, whatever you are, don't take the bait from the police. Don't no. give them no. the reason to take you down. Now, no. if they take you, if they would have taken you down and you didn't take the bait, now it's on them. Right. They, they have no excuse. I can go into court. I can deal with it. We can sue them. We can do all sorts of things. But as soon as you start uh, resisting or you push or you make a move, you're going down and now you're screwed. And and uh, it's a great object lesson here on how you handled that. Uh, because uh, when you keep your calm and you keep your wits, then you can you can keep your you, you have a, you can keep your case intact. And the police get exposed quickly. You know, make them make the move. Don't let them make you make the move. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. Yeah. So what about yeah. verbal, though? Uh, it's not enough. You know, you, okay. you can't. Or, or if you're giving it back verbally, it, you, especially you, now that everything's being taped. It, you can give it back verbally, but 
I guess the question is, is what is line? to be gained? Right. Well, that's true, too. Right. I guess yeah. If you feel provoked and it's just like you got to let some steam off, but you're not going to get physical right. about it, yeah. can you get in trouble with some verbal? Here's what happens. Uh, the answer should be no, right? The okay. answer should be, no. should be no. You can say F off to a cop, and uh, in theory, that's their job to listen to it, and it's protected speech. But you can't do that in the context of doing something else wrong right. necessarily. So right. if you're committing a trespass and they're trying to tell you to leave and you won't leave and you're saying F off to whoever's there, now it's not protected speech anymore. But in your context, Norm, you could have, you could have quietly said, you know what, go screw your mother. Oh, I said a lot of things to him. Yeah. I said, I said a lot of things to him and he called in some backup. And so there were uh, two or three other New Albany officers there uh, waiting to see if I would do anything. And of course I'm, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, right. You were, you had your, I'm in a suit and a tie. You know, I like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a good citizen. I never, I have no criminal, you know, background. Not that that means, you know, that much, you know, given, given the, you know, the, some of the outrages of people being charged with things that they shouldn't have been, but I just happened not to have a criminal record of any kind. And, uh, I wasn't going to start one that day. Over a front license oh, plate, plate. Really? Wow. <laughs> but I wanted to let him know that it was chicken shit and that he knew it. I knew it. And, uh, the coup de grace was that his, his chief is running around in a car without a front license plate <laughs> and, and had the nerve to park it in the police parking lot without a front license plate. Do While as, do as I say, not do as I do. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a gorgeous moment. It really wow. was. That was, uh, that was, uh, just off the hook and. Um, anyway, to, mm. to this day, uh, you, you, you know, like Steve, if that person never calls you back, uh, about the, uh, the, the bright license plate frame or neon lights or whatever they got going on there, I would encourage that, you know, if, since it's not points, if they don't have time, you know, go ahead and pay it. But I would encourage that person, uh, to, uh, if they feel that they've been wronged and, and they feel like it was chicken shit, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, if you've got time to blow, go represent yourself and go through the process of traffic court. Yeah, it's 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 a waste of time in a lot of ways, but it's it's educational. I mean, I mean, you'll have to go down there and, you know, first you got a plea and then you go down and it's probably going to get continued because a police officer can't be there that day. So you blew you blew two days off of work at least yeah. at least. I mean, so, I, you know, just so 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 people understand fighting a ticket on your own without a lawyer. OK, you're not hiring a lawyer, but you're still spending money because you're taking time off of work. You're taking time. You're increasing your court costs if you lose. And you got to uh, pay a lot to park. <laughs> and I guess principle is only worth so much, I right, suppose. Right, right. Um, At a certain point, yeah. I did look this up under Section 451305 of the Ohio Revised Code. Now, Section 45 is the traffic code. Uh, it does say either a taillight or a separate light shall be so constructed and placed as to illuminate with a white light the rear registration plate when such registration plate is required. And it render it legible from a distance of 50 feet to the rear. Mm. So... Uh, to the extent it says nothing about being too bright, uh, it only says it has to be white, and it may very well be that they had some sort of neon ground effect or you know neon effect lighting sure. that uh, that did not comply. But otherwise, I don't see anything here, at least in the Ohio Revised Code, that says that what uh, an extra bright light is uh, impermitted or is not permitted. Uh, but it does require 
some other things that if you read about it on how they work and, and what happens and if it's a blinking neon, green, blue, yellow, whatever, uh, it may not conform. So if, before you do go to court, check out the high revised code. You just Google it. Yeah. 4511-1305. And the other thing you want to make sure you do is if it is in like a a burg, I'll call it, or a village or a township or some place where they have their own mayor's court, a lot of, a lot of those places also have their own uh, traffic code and criminal code. You have to look in the uh, in their local ordinance to see. And it, and it may not be the same. Most of the time they're the same on this kind of stuff, but not always. Some, yeah. Sometimes there's extra stuff. I just so, then, so the local supersede state. Uh, no, it's not really supersede. It's just their jurisdiction. So they could say- They can, huh? Yeah, they can say that it was in our jurisdiction, so we charge it under the uh, local ordinance. So like if you're in Upper Arlington, you get a speeding ticket, they're going to charge you under the Upper Arlington City Code. Now, here's where this comes up a lot. Um, in the Columbus City Code, for instance, if you get an OVI, their look-back period on a prior, I, think, I believe is is, uh, is longer, maybe lifetime, than the Higher Vice Code, which is now 10 years on an OVI. So if you, uh, it, it can make a significant difference uh I guess in the margins on it, you got to be careful what you're doing. So, and, and sometimes we'll go out to mayor's court, and as we negotiate it, uh, we bring it downtown, so we can we can actually transfer cases downtown uh, for trial at times. And I do that sometimes just to uh, get more time. I do it sometimes to negotiate further. Sometimes uh, I just don't like what's happening in mayor's court. But a lot of times what I try to do is I want to flip the code. I want to do it under a, the state code or I want to do it under a different section or I want to do something like that and I have more flexibility if it's downtown. I would I would just like to add an addendum to this and that is, uh, you know, don't don't take my comments to be uh, that, um, you know, the police are bad people or anything like that. Uh, you know, this was this was one very unreasonable person that, that just, he wanted to take somebody to the mat uh, and, uh, I find most police officers are not like this individual. So, um, you know, I hope he's uh, doing okay. And I hope he's a better cop for, for, for the experience. But, um, you know, I, I can tell, I could sit here and, and reel off a hundred stories of, of good cops, things that uh, police officers have, have done that I've witnessed that have been fantastic. Well, I think, yeah, I so, think you, you got to take a look at too that everybody has a bad day. Sure. A cop can have yeah, a right. bad day. Yeah, and yeah. and Norm might have been at the tail end of a bad day that Who knows? his girlfriend, boyfriend, or Who knows, wife. Man. This is just yeah. took a crap on him, and he's taking it out on the next right. person. The, right. the it, psychology, it the psychology of this, and and how it relates to things like Floyd, and how it relates to police response after, I think is is worthy of a quick discussion. I mean, you brought it up anyway, Norm, so now yeah. we're going to kick it around. Okay. It's like, um, <laughs> That's good, man. You know, you could have you could have made a move towards that cop and been taken down and become a stat of somebody who was arrested or a victim of, pre, of police brutality. You were a victim of uh, police misconduct for sure. It just didn't get violent. Um, and, and that's good. Uh, now, what's happened of late, and, and I think, Brett, your point is exactly correct, is that, this guy could be having a bad day. Uh, maybe his mother just passed away. Maybe he, uh, you know, who knows what happened. Uh, but it doesn't mean that he gets a pass for bad behavior. No, no. It just means that it may not be indicative of all police in his force or all police across the country. It is, uh, I think we have to, like, like everybody else, I would like to judge police individually based on individual situations, not as a general. Uh, now that doesn't mean that they don't have a duty and a standard and, uh, th- and basically conduct that they have to keep. They do. And if they don't, they should be in trouble for that. Right. 
but it doesn't just because one violates the rules doesn't mean they all do. Now, if you if you fast forward, we have add to it the notion that police somebody some police officer told me this one time that it, it, the feeling they get when they approach a car is is fear or anxiety or just a little bit of pang of stress. There's this notion that you never quite know what sure. you're encountering. Sure. So they're human and they have a little bit of fight or flight in them. Sure. I think the tonic for that is the more they do it, the more comfortable they get, the more training they have and the more experienced and the less likely they are to, or the more, the better they're able to control that. Sure. Uh, or at least prevent the onset of it. But uh, it's already heightened. And then if it's heightened in the sense that they feel hamstrung because they are not allowed to take certain uh, measures that they already would have taken. I'm not talking about beating people up because they're of, of race. I'm definitely not advocating that. But I mean, uh, if they're if they're concerned about a use of force or the perceived use of force on what they're doing, then that's going to heighten their anxiety even more. And then it 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 creates more uh, powder for the keg. I guess is the right. best way to say. Right. It. So your situation uh, now all of a sudden could blow up quickly. And sure. You know, this is why, you know, the police are human. If you put more constraints on what they're allowed to do, then they're going to be more concerned about every interaction. And then if you tell everybody out there that the police are bad and they're liable to kill you right, or hurt you or do something wrong, then you yourself are going to be a little bit heightened. And then you're not going to be, you're not going to use the norm example and stand there and be calm and respond, but respond nonviolently. Right. Uh, I felt... I felt in my situation that when he, when he, when the other officers saw that he had pulled me over and they stopped and he had backup, I actually felt like those officers were backup for me. Yeah. Okay. Because I felt like this, this, this cop here that, that had pulled me over for the plate, he he was looking to escalate the situation. He was. And I think it was proven by the fact that he harassed me on my answering machine. Sure. Uh, just gratuitously decided to kind of rub it in my face that, uh, yeah, I am going to treat you like Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm even going to call your home uh, and and leave a message calling you Jeffrey Dahmer. That's how much that's how much uh, antipathy he had towards me as a member of the public. Uh, even after he had impounded my car and issued me a ticket, it wasn't good enough. He had to go further and harass me uh, on the phone and leave that message, which was just unbelievable that somebody would do that. So I guess what I would say to to people who feel wronged by the police is you, you, my little story is kind of a, an example of how to work the system. So, you know, these are guys with a gun on their hip. Street side is not the place to resolve it. The place to resolve it is in nice, calm meetings with the chief or a, a member of the village council. If you think the ordinance is bad, uh, your state legislature, uh, it, you, your state representative, or your state senator, if you think Ohio's laws or that village law or the city law needs to be changed and you have a legitimate gripe, work the system there the people will meet with you if you uh believe uh if you make a good case and if and if you have some facts like i had that tape of his harassing phone call uh i had pictures of the police chief's uh street rod um these are facts these are things i'm able to take to somebody and say see here here's proof so in addition to a story 
you're also trying to show the hypocrisy and the uneven application of the law and the and you know which which were guaranteed you know equal protection in in our constitution it's a it's a foundational item in our society that we all get treated the same the police chief has to obey the same laws that uh, a newly commissioned driver who's 16 years old has to obey so you know that's fundamental to our system and if you stay calm and and separate yourself from what happened there street side you know keep your act together and then go get legal representation if you need it go have meetings with your uh, legislative uh, folks go ahead and ask for a meeting with the police uh, in their office after after you settle down make some notes and tell them that uh, you know you'd like to have a meeting and you'd like to uh, understand what kind of policing they're doing and and how you object as a citizen to this um, that's how to handle a situation like this well and and I think it's important to draw Look, we need to talk about it. Would it have been different if you were a black man and not a white man in a suit? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that cop. I don't know how he treats people. But if I think no matter what happened in your scenario, or not no matter what happened, no matter the race or situation in your scenario, if you would have twitched, if you would have uh, made a move towards him. Oh, I felt that. If you would not have complied with any order that he gave you. Right. He was taking your ass down. For sure. And you did. So there's a difference between being, like you said, Brett, being verbal and calm. You're allowed to question police officers. You're allowed to calmly ask what's going on or why that is. And you, like I said, you can even say some foul things to them. But if you give them body language or a move or something, some notion of an excuse physically, yeah, they will that. take you down. Yeah. And in this in this day and age of heightened concern, uh, it's going to result in in bad stuff. And, and I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. Um, right. I think everybody has enough stress in their lives. They don't need to worry about that stuff. Um, but if the more we uh, challenge what they do in the wrong way, the more it's going to perpetuate itself. And the other thing I want to say is if you want to, we all need to expose, we all need to be norm. We all need to expose <laughs> the bad police when we can. Absolutely. And I've said this for years. Yeah. That one of the, the problems I have encountered is that police officers in are have been getting a pass for that kind of thing. They get protected by the system in some way, shape, or form in every scenario. Mm-hmm. So then that gets to a point where it, it, it changes how they behave. Sure. And uh, I'm not talking about, I'm not saying all the police are bad. I'm not saying they're all good right. either for that right. matter. Maybe who knows what the percentages are, but I think it's important for, to enforce the rules that we have already. Sure. And then it'll get it under control. Well, you know, when you go into these meetings, um, you know, go in uh, with, your, with your shoulders rolled back, stand up straight uh, and, 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 and have some notes and, 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 and discuss this in a, in an even handed way. So I, I put my credentials on the table. You know, my dad worked for the FBI. He was Cincinnati's, uh, uh, first police cadet in, in the history of the city. Uh, he's a judge. Uh, I have a law degree. I, I worked with the state highway patrol in, in, uh, enacting all kinds of safety legislation. So I, you know, I told them I came from a law enforcement family. 
Uh, I came from a, a family engaged in the legal system and, and, a, and that I myself was involved in creating laws that the police have to enforce on safety uh, for school buses, for uh, transit buses, for uh, charter buses at that time representing those industries in the travel industry. So at any rate, uh, I came in under the, you know, under the heading of a friend of the police. And I'm coming in to, to try to show you guys that, you know, there's a bad apple here. Maybe you can correct this guy or maybe you need to let him go. So that, that's how I approached it. That was the point of my meeting. And, uh, you know, that's part of work in the system. And all of the listeners here, you guys all have your own talents. You have your background. You have your family history. And hopefully, you know, there's some good things. Uh, like I, I had some good things that I could pull out of my hat. You've got good things in your family and in your background. And bring those to the table and show that you're a concerned citizen, like Steve said, and weed out the bad uh, that's kind of our civic duty. I mean, that's kind of, that's how you have a civil society, uh, you know, to use a, a popular phrase that the progressives use, civil society. Civil society means a lot of things, and part of civil society means that we all have a responsibility when we see wrong to do something about it. And if you're the victim of, of misbehavior, uh, by a government official, I would not take it laying down, whether it's an IRS agent, whether it's a policeman, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, the, the water meter reader uh, for Columbus uh, Water Department or whoever it is. If they work for the government and they do a bad job, find out who their um, supervisor is and lodge a complaint. You have that right. Yeah, you absolutely do. Um, and then you can always call me if you get in criminal trouble, 614-224-6142. See what I did there, Norm? I just I shifted it right back to me. Yeah, if you punch him in the face, yeah. you're going to need Steve. Yeah, you're going to need me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, well, look, we started this conversation talking about the Facebook uh, regulatory scheme and some free free speech stuff. And I, and I think I quickly realized that that's going to be a sit- – that's going to require more than what we were going to give it today. I think that 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 may be a three or four part series that I'm going to put together talking about freedom of speech, the origins of it, uh, regulation of the FCC, which is a pretty interesting uh, history and why. And then just to telegraph it, how we went from a situation where the FCC was designed to create some equal access to limited airspace has turned into a regulatory body that now uh, they claim is not even adequate to take down, or forgive me, I didn't mean to say take down. I meant to say regulate Facebook <laughs> and other uh, social media platforms, which is exactly what uh, the former head of the FCC, is, uh, Mr. Wheeler, is now advocating for. And if you can imagine what that's going to lead to, it's like the federal government is going to decide how to regulate, or no, 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 forgive me, how to keep safe the entire population from Facebook as if we need to I see nothing safe. wrong with that. How can that go bad? Yeah, where could no. that possibly go How can go that wrong? go bad? No where, way. You have, to, you have to protect, you know, the public. You oh, yeah. just need to protect them. Because we're so damn stupid, we yeah. can't figure this out on our you own. Cannot, yeah. You cannot assume that the public knows grass is green. You yeah. know, you, you, right. you must monolithically. But it is blue in Kentucky, though. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It is blue well, in I Kentucky. I would say yeah. it's bluish green. <laughs> bluish green. <laughs> All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to take that on. I got a couple guests in mind for that, too, uh, to bring in some uh, history and scholarship on the First Amendment. 
There's a lot of Supreme Court case law. We could go back. I mean, we could cover. I mean, think think of the possibilities here. We could uh, we could go all the way back to John Stuart Mill. We could uh, we could. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I think he's salivating over yeah, there. I can't <laughs> wait. Um, but again, it's too much for uh, now. Uh, but watch this happening because Facebook, this crap is going to uh, it's going to mushroom and it's going to get out of control and it's going to impact everybody, everybody. And uh, I, I hate to say it, but I'm I'm concerned about the podcast world too. You know, if they if they feel like we are out of their reach, they're not going to like that. They're going to like that. All right. And uh, they're going to come after us next. So anyway, this has been another uh, episode of Lawyer Talk uh, with the Blitz on Wednesday. Uh, we had some great questions. We had some, uh, you know, Norm, you sort of hijacked the whole episode, but I think it was, I think it was well worth it, man. The, 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 the front or the rear license plate story was worth the time. Uh, I, for, well, mine, mine was a front license plate story. Or, yeah, your front license plate Correct. story was worth yeah, the time. Yeah, right. Fair enough. And, and here, here we are all these years later, and we don't even have to have a front license plate. It was all for naught. All for yeah. naught. It never made sense anyway. Motorcycles never had front license plates. So, I mean, what I, I don't know what law enforcement additional uh, value it was. I've heard a theory that front license plates, the reason the state patrol all didn't want to get rid of the front license plate was the reflectivity for radar. The bumpers today are not steel anymore. They're, they're uh, you know, urethane-coated, you know, fascia on the front of a car. So in terms of uh, hitting somebody with a radar and getting a signal back, it was the front license plate that was the reflector. And uh, evidently, that's really why they wanted... Uh, to keep the front license plates. I don't know what I think about. Now we got to talk some more. I don't know what I think about that. So can I, uh, what if, uh, why don't we just all wear a target? <laughs> like I need to put a bullseye on this guy's back because that way I give something to aim at if he's committing a crime. Well, under Biden's transportation, uh, you know, under the, under the bill, the, the infrastructure bill, there's a pilot program uh, to track uh, cars and issue oh, uh, yeah, mileage taxes based on, GPS data. So, I mean, once you have a GPS, right, then, then they also know what speed you're going. Yeah, it's a little black. We're all So just get a watching. ticket in the mail. You know, hey, you, you, you did 90 in a, in a 70 uh, zone, and here's your ticket. And, you know, report to the Franklin County Sheriff because, uh, in addition, you're, you're going to do a little time. Artificial intelligence yeah, is just, have just the, that, artificial. Have, sure. Have the trial by Zoom. Sure. Bada-bing. Yeah, take your money. Send sure. you on your way, tax you for driving. And when too we much. have robo cars, it'll even get neater. Get behind on your alimony or owe a little something to the IRS that that you haven't paid, or uh, you know, get in a bar fight and yep. there's a, a KPS out on you. Hey, yeah. you know, you jump in your little uh, robot car. You notice the door locks just went down, and you're taking a little ride down to the sheriff. Hmm. All right, we just entered your future. It's like crap out of me. It's like I just started thinking about Brave New World. Remember Logan's Run? It's sort of like Logan's Run. You have to turn yourself into diet. Well, I think we're we're days. heading to Judge Dredd. Is where I think we're heading. I am the law. That's right. Yeah, just mm. right there, right at the street. All right. Well, uh, with that, we're going to wrap it up. This has been another episode of Lawyer Talk off the record on the air. We have been uh, discussing all sorts of stuff with the Blitz and mostly with Norm today, which was awesome. Uh, if you want your own podcast, really easy. Just call Brett over at Circle 270 Media, and uh, he will make it sound good. Why is he going to make it sound good? Because Freddie B came in here and makes everybody sound good. 
Uh, we have the mics set up. We have the round table set up. We have the studio set up. We have the computer set up. We have the video camera set up. You want to have your own podcast and don't want to worry about all the clutter, we'll take care of it for you right here at Channel 511. Just look it up, channel511.com. Send us an email and we'll get back to you about your podcast. If you want a website, we can take care of that. If you want photography for your podcast, we can take care of that too. It's easy, channel511.com. If you want legal advice, that's even better for me anyway, 614-224-6142, ohiolegaldefense.com. That is at Yavich and Palmer. I've only been doing it for, what, 25, 26 years. I'll bet I can help you out. So this has been Lawyer Talk off the record, on the air, at least until 